Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Monday again. <laughs> here we are. We meet again. We do. We've sort of got into a bit of a swing now um, doing these intros on a Monday, which is quite nice. And we had a bit of a different one today. We had an exciting meeting in London. Um, yes. We actually got to see each other, give each other a cuddle. <laughs> it was really nice. The sun came out for us. And I don't know about you, but I have been feeling the January dredge big time. Mm. As in this month will not fucking end. It's weird, isn't it? I'm like, oh my God, this did another week. I oh, know it's actually the end of January tomorrow so when you're listening to this this is the last day of January (laughs) but no I know exactly what you mean um it has been dragging on I've actually had quite a lot of socializing this January which has been you've been drunk every Sunday every Sunday and pretty much Wednesday (laughs) yeah and sometimes Friday you know who you're turning into who? Your you. grand, who used to do <laughs> fizzy nan. Fridays, yeah, your nan, but, but you're doing it sort of three times I'm a week. I'm just doing it, yeah, I need to, I, it has actually made me think maybe I'm going to stop drinking, like completely. Is that everyone what everyone does to, when everyone they Everyone listening to this podcast <laughs> is nodding, going, sure, George, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if only champagne wasn't alcoholic, it'd be all right. <laughs> I don't really like any other alcoholic drinks. Not really. You're such a bougie bitch, aren't I, you? I know. I used like Prosecco, then I found out how much sugar was in it, and I just moved away from it. Well, hold on a minute. Is there mo- there's much more sugar in Prosecco yes. than champagne? Yes, oh, right. it was this time last year. Me and Judgy James went wine tasting on a Monday. In fact, it might even be to the date, a year to the date, because it was the end of Jan when we went. Right. And um, it was, yeah, it was like Monday, sort of mid-morning, and we stumbled across this vineyard in Kent. And we're like, oh, let's go in <laughs> sure. and have a look. And um, we'd been drinking this particular sparkling wine that weekend. We'd had a weekend away in Canberra Sands. And um, it was lovely. And I learned so much. And they talked about the sugar content in Prosecco, versus English sparkling and champagne and I swear from there and also they say that's why you sometimes get a worse hangover with Prosecco because you're getting the sugar crash as well I mean I'm sorry guys if I'm boring you on Monday and you're thinking I really don't care about the sugar in Prosecco I just like the taste sorry (laughs) but it it has actually changed for me like I don't get hangovers and I try and just drink English sparkling or um, champagne or I think Cremont maybe might 
not have sugar in it as well. But basically, that is what it is. The thing is, people look at us and they're like, you know, Zoe, she's the presenter. She's on the radio. She does. But actually, it's we all know that it's Georgia that is living the fucking showbiz lifestyle day in, day out. I'm really not. I'm really not. So guess what? I've got big news. Go on then. Go for it. Tell I us. was on Pointless Celebrities. <gasps> oh, yes. oh, my God. And how did you get on? Listen, I, I can't actually, actually tell you. I can't oh, tell you because okay. it hasn't aired yet. So I'm not, I'm not, I'll, I'll be very, very told if I told you what happened. Um, but I'll just tell you that the whole process was hysterical and I really enjoyed it. Let let me tell you, under those those shiny lights in the studio, it is tough. Like I'm sure lots of you watch it. It is difficult. I can imagine this. And I, I always say this to you, that when I'm on the spot, I basically forget my name. Like if someone went to me, I don't know, just under pressure, what's your name? I'd be like, oh, I don't know, Matilda. <laughs> and like, that's probably that. You were always like, oh no, I don't get that. And now you now you understand. Well, yeah, I'm not, yeah, as I said, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you what happened, but it's definitely worth a watch. It was very funny. When, when will we be able to watch it? I don't know, actually. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'm going to be hiding behind a pillow as I watch it. Um, but it was a really, really good experience to do. And um, yeah, I'm glad that I threw myself into it. And it's so funny because obviously I'd love to do Strictly. So when I went, when I like walked onto set, I was like, da, 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 da. And I was like, am I making it obvious enough? Please, am somebody cast me. Enough? Oh my God. Do you know what, talking about those sorts of shows, I've actually got Gigi downstairs and she, I thought normally, I, oh, she's coming up now. Normally I would put her in front of like Gabby's Doll's house or something, but right. she actually asked to watch The Masked Singer. She knows what it's all about. She knows good TV. I might get her to watch Pointless as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, who are we talking to today? Because that's why we're really here, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what? We've got a really, really great podcast for you today. Um, and, and and a different... Um, I guess it like well a different voice a different accent we're speaking to somebody who is stateside uh, so somebody that lives over in America she is massive in the states her following is huge she was one of the original influencers but has kind of gone on to do various other bits and pieces for hello she's a fashion blogger she's a mum she's got a blended family she's a really interesting person and do you know what it was quite a quite interesting where the conversation went George because I I you know we'd obviously got a brief about her and I had no idea it was going to go down this route what a brave woman exactly I was going to say it's one of those conversations where we'd planned for one type of conversation and actually 360 we had a completely different one yeah and one that I think so many people can relate to mm. um and it was really quite raw yeah um, in the moment you can tell she's still very much going through it um yeah. and she's yeah just and I think it really shows that you know each child that you have it doesn't mean you've got it all sussed so when you mm. go on to have a second child it doesn't mean that you know it's going to be super easy and you're going to sail through mm. um and we don't hear that so much it's usually the shock the first time isn't it yeah totally and I was going to say as well if you don't um you know because obviously there's lots of American stars that we don't necessarily know about here in the UK. This podcast is for anybody that has experienced that real baby blues, those real baby lows, you know, after you give birth. And like Georgia said, it actually didn't happen the first time around. It happened second time around for her. She's very raw, very honest. Um, and yeah, we just want to say a massive thank you because it can't have been easy. Georgia, who are we chatting to today? We are chatting to the wonderful Christine Andrew. 
We're so looking forward to today's podcast. Um, one of the original Instagrammers um, from years and years and years ago. Um, she's been on a real journey, very, very open and honest on her page about her experiences. She's got four children. It's a blended family. We're going to be talking about that today. Uh, she's part of Hello Fashion uh, and we're just absolutely thrilled to get her on. It's morning where she is today. So let's say good morning to Christine Andrew. We are actually opposite ends of the day and Christine has just breathed a sigh of relief as her kids have left the house. <laughs> What is a morning like for you? Um, you know, it depends on the morning, but um, my husband's the early riser more than I am. Um, so he usually at first is getting everybody going. And then, um, yeah, we're getting the kids ready for school. Um, my three-year-old is in only in preschool three days a week. And so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is a little busier than um, the other days. And then my son Beckham is in grade school. I mean, what's, I just realized, is school probably different for you guys then? Well, yeah. What's grade school? So we have preschool here and then they go into reception at the age of oh, either reception. like four or four. five. Yeah. Okay. So grade school is like kindergarten to fifth grade or no, here it's sixth grade. Basically we just breathe this, we breathe a sigh of relief when they just go to school. Yeah. If I'm honest <laughs> yes. with you, whatever, whatever it looks age. like, whatever, <laughs> waving at the door, we love you, but thank God I can just sit down and have a wee by myself. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> so um, we, we obviously, we, we know a little bit about you because obviously you're on the podcast, but for those people listening, um, uh, you are in America at the moment. Can you just tell us a little bit about you and your background and what you do? Yeah. So I've been an influencer for 12 years, which is so crazy. Um, it's, it's gone by so fast. Like, in the beginning when it wasn't being an influencer wasn't really a thing, you know? And, um, so yeah, I started back then my husband and I had just gotten married and, um, uh, I also had a clothing line as well. And, um, yeah, we're from Salt Lake city, have four kids, two he had from a previous marriage, and then we have two together. So you just mentioned there that you, um, when you married your husband, he already had two children. How was that yeah. for you? I know Zoe, Zoe was the same when she met her husband, Oz. He already had a child. How, how how was it? Is it something you, I guess, expected to happen? Or is it something that you thought you would never do? You know, this is one area where I'm actually so grateful because um, I grew up with a blended family. My parents were divorced. And I feel like I had such a great stepmom who treated me like her own. And so... I had that role model going up, which I look back now. And I think that made this situation a lot easier because um, there's so many things that I learned and took from that. And I always wanted to have a big family. I'm an only child. And so I wanted to have a a bunch of kids. Him having kids was never really an issue um, for me at all. And I think it it was nice because they were so young. Um, They were toddlers when I met them. And so I've grown up with them pretty much like, you know, their whole lives. And they don't even remember really any different. So Mm. I think it was, it was pretty, you know, that transition wasn't as, as hard. I I think where it gets harder is like sometimes, you know, as they get older, like blending holidays and everybody wants time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's, at the beginning when they're younger, it's, I feel like it's almost easier. You know, I, I actually felt quite similar to you that I, I really took my role as stepmom really seriously from the word go because I constantly thought about Isla. Like, obviously, in her world, she was only 
18 months at the time that I, that I met her, she didn't have any sort of understanding on what was going on. But as she started to get older, I knew that, you know, I, I wasn't her mother, but I was a really important figure in her life and I wanted everything to be okay for her. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely, when I got together with Dodds, wasn't expecting to be a stepmom, if you see what I mean. Like I just <laughs> met this really hot rugby player and was like, he's so fit. And I was like, he's a dad. <laughs> you know, like, I, didn't, I didn't know that I would ever be one. But now it's the best gift. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, as you entered it, you know, what your fears were around it and, and, and that responsibility and how, how that made you feel. I think exactly what you said. Um, so again, coming from a blended family, my biggest worry was that I didn't want to replace their mom, but I wanted them to feel like I love them as much as my own. And that's like a really weird balancing act, you know, like... There would be times where, you know, we would do something and they'd be like, oh, my mom makes it like like this or do it like that. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. Like you want them to have that special thing with her. So I think it's that that balancing act of respecting like the special, not um, traditions is the word I'm looking for, like traditions that they have. When you meet someone who already has children, do you think there's a pressure to make the relationship work? Because you know that you, they've, you know, allowed you into their lives and they've introduced you to the children. Is there, is there a pressure that that relationship needs to work for them? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm not in that, I've never been in that situation, but I do wonder because Mm, you are taking on a responsibility straight away. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, then those children would then, I guess, be losing somebody else as well. I mean, us personally, we waited until like, it was to a point that things were going to be serious, you know? And I think it's different for every situation. I have people write in and be like, what point do you think I should meet the kids? And I I just think it's so different. There's not like a time thing because some people move so fast. And I think as you get older too, typically relationships move a little bit faster. And I think it Mm. depends on the kids' ages and the dynamics. Like there's just so many variables that go into it. But I I think it 100% is a pressure. And and the advice I give to people is just, hey, if you don't see yourself marrying this person, then I wouldn't, you know, take the time to meet their kids, you know, because it's, it's hard for them to have to, like you said, to potentially lose somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and step parenting, you know, is the best and the worst at times because there's no manual to turn to. I mean, I guess like parenting, you know, you wish that someone could just hand you a book and be like, well, this is how you're supposed to do it. But when you've got, when you're caring for somebody else's child and, you know, it's not by birth, but you are responsible for them as their parent, but then it's very confusing because like you said, my whole purpose in life is to make Isla know or realize that I love her as much as my own children. You know, I didn't birth her, but she is my daughter and I love her to like as much as I love my own kids. And she always asks me, promise me you love me as much as Luna and Kip. Are we ever getting it right? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's a question <laughs> that we struggle with in blended families and regular parenthood is yeah. that question. Yeah. And I'm sure you're doing an amazing right. job. So you obviously went on to have your own biological children. How did the conversation go? Did you always know that you wanted to have, you know, your own family? <laughs> or do was it. it something? <laughs> Let's make love. Let's make love. love. So yeah, want to exactly. know the logistics. <laughs> no, was it always something he was up for? You know, was he always up for having more children? You know, one, he was. And and it was actually, this was interesting because it was something we said like, oh, I want to have kids. We want to have kids together. And in his mind, he thought that was one. And in my <laughs> mind, because I was an only child and we share custody with the kids. So we don't have them full time. And so I'm like, you know, when they're at their mom's, 
you know, when we have one kid, they're going to be by themselves. And I always wanted to have a bigger family. And yes. so when it came to number two, he, it took some convincing to get number two out. So <laughs> how did you feel when number one came along? Was it, a, was it, was it, do you reckon it was an easier task? Cause you already had two children to look after or did it feel different? There's certain things that felt different and it's like your body just knows what to do for so many of the things. I mean, there's still questions where I'm like, what the heck am I doing? But like so much of it is such a natural <laughs> instinct that, that you don't realize. You mentioned about the newborn stage about saying that, you, you know, you weren't prepared and you didn't really know how you know, to, to maybe look after a newborn. Yeah. Um, how, how, how was that then? Obviously, you know, you've just given birth. Did it, did it click in naturally or did it, was it something that sort of took a, a few months for you to get your head around? You know, I feel like with Beckham, I, I didn't overthink that much about it. But with Ollie, which is my second one, I was yep. so stressed out. Um, we had to go through some fertility treatments to have Ollie. And I feel like I just overthought every single thing with him. I was so scared. Um, I mean, I had postpartum after with him. And so the emotions were completely different with Ollie than they were with Beckham. I feel like, you know, every so many people say when when I get to my uh, like 30s or 40s, I feel like I have my life figured out. I feel like it's been almost the opposite yeah. for me that right. when I was younger, I never questioned anything. I knew what I wanted. I knew where I was going to go. And then as I've gotten older, I, I feel like my mind plays more tricks with me, I guess. Do you think that's because with life experience, you know more? And you know, yeah. like what can go wrong and you know, yes. you know, th there's more. So I find actually, since we've been doing this podcast, for instance, when I had my, my son Axel, I didn't think that mm -hmm. much into anything and I was all quite chill about all of it. But the more you yeah. learn and the more you hear how people mess things up and get, get it yes. wrong by saying this and they get it wrong by saying that, it's actually had the opposite effect on me. And now I think way more into things than I mm. probably mm -hmm. ever did before. And like yeah. analyse more. Do you know, we have these conversations, don't we, Zoe? You're we, less, we know, you're less chilled, like, George. Less chilled now. Less chill. <laughs> less chill. <laughs> but it's a thousand times harder than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I think there's just so many emotions that come with it. It's a roller coaster. It's a ro it's a roller coaster. You mentioned you said that you had um postpart. Did you have postnatal depression with Ollie? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm still coming out of that one a little Are bit. You? Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that if you can. I had a lot of anxiety after Ollie was born. Um, he he was in the NICU for a little bit, and um, I felt like we had worked so hard to have him. Um, and then I was just so worried something was going to happen. Um, there had been one of my, f like an earlier friend in like when Cody and I had first gotten married. So I, I don't know her well anymore, but, um, I still follow her on Instagram. And the week before I went into, um, labor with Ollie, she posted that she had just had her baby and it was a stillborn and they had <sighs> no idea of anything. And so I was just heartbroken for her and I was so scared something was going to happen, you know, that, mm. um, cause everything had been fine. And so I was really scared going into it. And then when he was born, he was super purple and they're like, he's fine. I'm like, no, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And, um, then they were like, oh yeah, he's, he, he needs to go to the NICU. He wasn't breathing. And so then they brought in like a couple hours later, they brought him back to me and I just had this like hard feeling. I'm like, something's still wrong. And they're like, he's going to be good. Just like, he'll stay with you in here. 
like they have them in in the states. I'm not sure how it's there. They have them sleep next to you and while mm-hmm. you're in the room. Yeah. And I was like, I'm too scared. I'm scared I'm going to fall asleep. Something's going to be wrong. And so I'm like, can you guys keep him in the nursery for the first night and just watch him? Like I just had that like mom instinct. And um, so they kept him in here and he stopped breathing in the night. And um, they, oh I'm God. just like, and so I was like, what if I wouldn't, you know, like my head, starts, what if I wouldn't yeah. have thought to just, you know, have all that. And so they couldn't figure out what was wrong for a long time. And it ended up being, he had too many, um, shoot, I can't remember if it was red or white blood cells. They were too thick. So his blood couldn't pass through his veins. And so it would just cut off his um, circulation. It was a really easy thing to fix, but it's not like noticeable right away. And so um, after that, I kept, when we got home, I kept thinking, what if something goes wrong in the night and I, and I'm not going to know. And so it, it brought so much anxiety, um, to me and, um, yeah, so it, it's, I feel like I'm still kind of working through, through, working through it, yeah, through it and it just like triggered anxiety with like other things too. And yeah, yeah I was going to say, how did it manifest in other areas? Cause I guess, you know, you've got three mm-hmm. other children to look after. You can't really slow down that much. You've got a busy household. Um, but if you're not resting, you're not sleeping and you're constantly on red alert all the time, it impacts your whole life. It really does. And it took a lot, like I didn't realize it for so long, you know, and I feel like I wasn't sleeping the nighttime, especially was hard for me. I'd wake up. If I heard one noise, I would run in and be like, is he breathing? Is everything okay? And, um, I remember going into the doctor. I can't remember why I went in honestly. And she just asked, are you okay? And I just started bawling. Like nobody had just asked if I was okay. And she just started talking to me about being a mom and postpartum. And it was the first time I'm like, I didn't really know that much about postpartum and Oh, yeah. Gosh. She was just, she was an amazing, I just, I appreciate her. And she's like, we can get, you know, there's things that can help you to feel normal again. It's not meant for you to be on it forever. It's just like a temporary, you know, to kind of get things back going yeah. again. And I don't know how it is there, but there's like, I feel like for so long, there's been stigmas. Like if you get on something, like it's going to level you out, you're not going to be the same person. Yeah. You hear a lot of horror stories. You hear a lot of horror stories, don't you, George, you do. about that? Yeah. So when, you know, you got in for something else, um, did you know that there, you know, something wasn't quite right? Or did you just think, well, obviously I'm feeling anxious because we've had a really hard time? Or did you, was there a time when you thought, mm, no, this isn't, it, this isn't normal? I didn't even think about anxiety. I was just like, it's so busy because we, you know, we just had a new baby. This is just like, you know, part of the things we're running businesses, like, you know, I just thought it was all of those things. And it was just stress. Like, I just thought it was stress. And I can't even I, I don't even know how she worded it. But it was like, Oh, this this isn't what it's supposed to be like, you know, yeah. like, and I could remember like, Oh, I didn't feel that before the first time ar- around with Beckham. But I was like, maybe I just forgot it. Maybe I blanked it out. And maybe this is because we have two kids now, like I played all these rationals of like, mm maybe I'm feeling this way because, you know, something else, um, you know, like the older kid, all these things, instead of thinking like, oh, maybe my hormones aren't right. And I need to kind of get things back in order. The, one of the biggest things she told me, she's like, are you being active? And I, I say this all the time. And I, cause I'm like, I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't doing anything. I hated yeah. the gym. And she's like, if you can just go and walk even for like yes. 20 minutes a day and, um, we live in like a really hilly area. So then I just started going to the gym and doing the treadmill on like a high incline and it has 
been one of the biggest things to help is, and it's the simplest thing. It's crazy. Like, you know, people are like, go get active when, when you're stressed. But I'm like, you don't realize it really does work. It's like the simplest thing and it works. We'll be right back after this short break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? A hundred percent. This is our message constantly. This is one of the conversations we have so much that if you are feeling, I mean, obviously in certain cases, it's so extreme and, you know, you have to be placed in a unit or you have to, you know, you have to be put on medication. There's absolutely no shame in any of that. But those blues, those, those daily blues that come, you know, I know if I'm trapped indoors all day and I'm sitting at my laptop and I'm not outside walking or going for a run or I feel like shit. And I want to cry. And, yeah. it, and it has a massive impact on my mental health. It really, really does. And George is the same. Yeah. Um, a simple being outside. Exactly. And also yeah. I think as well, as, you know, parents, it's not always, you know, oh gosh, I've got to go and do like a big old like class, class at the gym. It, ca- it is just yeah. taking like 20 minutes or half an hour for yourself yeah. where yeah. your mind is blank. You haven't got like emails or WhatsApp groups or kids asking you what to do. And that is such a small thing, but actually it's such a luxury. Um, you know, it really parents. is. Yeah. So when you, when you went to the doctors, you were obviously put on some medication. Did, yeah. how, how did you feel about that? You mentioned that there is a stigma and people could, you know, say that you, you'll never, once you, you go onto it, you don't feel the same. How did you feel about going on to medication? I was nervous about it for sure. I mean, I was like, I asked a lot of questions. I was hesitant about it, honestly. And maybe that was like something I'd even created in my own head because I was like, I don't want to get addicted to something. I don't want, you know, when when I get off of it, can like, will I feel the same? And so I had a lot of questions and it took a couple different ones to find one that like worked for me. Yeah, I I was definitely hesitant at first, but now I'm like so grateful for it. Um, And it goes through phases, honestly, where like I'll go off for a couple months and then I'll be like, I'm kind of getting those feelings again. And um, for me, sleep is like a huge, huge thing. Um, If I don't have sleep, I'm crazy. Like... (laughs) 
I don't function well. So it, it helps me relax at night and sleep and not let my mind race so much. I, I think, you know, at night, how you think of every negative scenario, like if you hear a sound, it's like somebody's breaking into your house. It's like you're, at yeah. night, your mind wanders way darker than it does in the day. Yeah. The intrusive thoughts come thick and fast, don't they? They're really yes, hard to navigate. Do. And if you're feeling in that, in that zone where you said the darkness is there, it's really hard to get out of it really hard yeah why do you think there's such a stigma attached to you know saying do you know what as a new mom new parent I'm not coping what is it about society that doesn't let us say those words I'm not sure it's like a triggering statement to say like to me when I have to say like I can't do something it's really hard for me like it makes me feel like I'm failing that's one of my like trigger statements is when somebody says um you need a break And to me, it means like, oh, I can't do it all on my own. And like, you're seeing that I'm failing at something. So you're, you telling me I need a break is Uh, really hard for me. And it, and it's like, why should we feel that way? Because as moms, we do have so much going on. And I think we put a ton of pressure on ourselves and it's okay that we need help. And it's how it's worded sometimes, at least for me anyways, is like, how can I help you versus like saying like, you need a break is, is hard. Um, you know, the spiraling can start if someone says to you, do you know what you need, you need a break, you need a rest. And you're just like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not presenting in a certain way? And am I not managing to do everything on the list? And am I not managing to also look after three children and do X, what, you know, we're not, we're not super, we are super women, but we can't, we can't, we can't do it all. And yeah, I, I understand yeah. that. I think once one block is taken out, all the other blocks fall quite quickly. I also don't like it. Although sometimes I do think, oh, when will someone just put me in a hospital for a few weeks? So I can have a rest. Like genuinely, sometimes <laughs> I do feel that way. Let me talk about that, George. I want to break a leg. Yeah. Remember what I said? Can I just break my leg so I can go to hospital for a few weeks and have a rest? You said, you said to me, what, what, what mild illness could I get where I could be hospitalized for a few days? I remember you saying that to me. And I, and I was thinking, so just go for like a spa break. You don't need to go to hospital. <laughs> You don't need to go to hospital. I was deadly serious as well. Oh, but, uh, I, no, but I get that. And sometimes, you know, it's not even when anything dramatic has happened in your life. It's just like the constant. And I can, you know, if you've got four children, it's just like you're like on a hamster wheel the whole time. And sometimes you just want to get off and lay in the whatever the stuff is at the bottom of the hamster cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, you obviously live a lot of your life on social media and you're really honest with your followers on Instagram. You've got over a what is it? One? Uh, like a million. Yeah. million. Like yeah. a million. Yeah. Um, how honest were you with them about what was going on in your life with your postnatal depression? I was pretty honest. I think even now I'll, I'll say like, Hey, you know, things feel off. I'm not feeling like myself right now. Um, I'm not somebody to like record myself crying. I know some people do that and like really share their vulnerable moments for me. I've do better of showing it when I can reflect like, okay, this is why I felt that way. And then I'll come back and be like, you know, last week was really hard for me because of this or whatever. I think it's important, you know, especially when we were going through um, fertility issues with getting pregnant with Ollie and I opened up with the community, like having people to talk to about that who had gone through the same thing, you know, or I mean, had it a lot worse than we had it and had amazing advice and were just so supportive and had insights of things that I would in words that like I was feeling that I couldn't even put out they were like just the best friends in this community for me it's almost like therapeutic a little bit to talk about it to have that community of women to come and share their experiences and everything and 
realize that you're not alone. I think so much we, at least me personally, I'll put these thoughts and think nobody else feels like this or like, I, I shouldn't feel like this. And then you realize so many people do and you're not alone and people want to help you. Were, were you struggling to bond me. with Ollie at that time? That was, I think I was overly attached because I was so scared, right. honestly. Um, and, and that's one thing I, I thought too, because then I said to my doctor when she's like, you know, this is postpartum. I was like, well, I thought, you know, that means, I thought that was one of the signs. And she's like, no, yeah. it, it can be the opposite too. Like I was almost so clingy to him because I was scared you know has that translated into your parenting now so the difference between your you know parenting towards Beckham and Ollie you said you're quite chilled with Beckham and it was all you know relatively straightforward but now would you say you know him starting nursery a few days a week has that been harder I think you know you learn so much as a parent I was actually listening to a podcast that was talking about I don't remember what it was it was saying how every child is parented different because you're at a different stage of your life with each, each child that you have. And that was like a light bulb moment for me because I feel like I've learned so many things. I feel like I'm a lot more, well, in some, some aspects, like with the meltdowns, you know, now I'm like, I'm trying to understand why they're melting down sometimes, not all the time, because sometimes I don't have the patience, but a lot of the times I'm (laughs) trying to be like, okay, what's the core of it? What, you know, why do you feel sad? Or, um, like, you know, trying to figure it out where I feel like even in the earlier, it was just like, let's go to time. Let's go to timeout for a second. And it, it was just like a different thing with my oldest kids because there wasn't so much talk about how to be parents and how to understand emotions and stuff, you know? So do you feel like you've parented Luna and Kit in a different way? Totally. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, like Gigi, my youngest, she's three. She will come into our bed, I reckon twice a week, like in the night. And Honestly, if Axel had done that, I would have been calling the sleep consultant. Like, I would have been furious about it. Furious. Whereas, Really? Yeah, I would, have been, I would have hated it. Whereas now with Gigi, it just doesn't bother me at all. Like, not, if anything, I quite like it. Yeah, you Aww. quite like it. You were not a co-sleeper the first time no, around, but now no, you're no, a bit no, like, oh, no, she's no. coming in, no, get no, her in. She comes in the bed and I'm like, oh, it's so cute. I just think... It, I don't know if it's because I'm not going to have any more children. And so I think, oh, um, you know, this is going to... I want to talk on that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Go on. I think that changes so, so much of your your thought process. Because we're at the same spot. This is probably our last... Ollie was probably our last child. And I think you look at things so differently. Like Ollie cries a lot more at night. And in my head, I'm like, this could be the last time that I go in that he'll like cry wanting me to go in. Like you think this could be the last, like everything when it's your last child. You see those like triggering TikTok videos that are like, they are only this small for this long. And I'm like, it's 18 summers or whatever it is. That one gets me. I'm like, oh my God, there's not even 18 now. There's like what, 10 (laughs) with Axel until he's an adult. That's nothing. Yeah. No, it's oh, nothing. Wow. And it goes like that, do doesn't it? And it's the same in our guys? house. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course it do. We call my youngest, Kit, who's just had his haircut, we call him the prince. And we're like, the prince can have what he wants. And Dawson's like, you know you're creating a fucking monster, like a genuine <laughs> monster. Because I'm like, and I call him the babe, and I'm like, come here, baby. And he's like, he's nearly five. I, I don't know whether Aww. it's the boy energy or whether it's because he's just, he is the last one. So. I, I've, I honestly, I've been thinking about it so much. There are, there's so much that I let slide. Axel must look at me and be like, 
what I would never get away with that like is this is this some sort of sick joke well he's such a bitch to me and so nice to my sister he's so strict like we're so strict with him like he would be made to sit at the table and eat his dinner he would not be allowed to get down Gigi like she do whatever she wants she can be sticking breadsticks up her nose and chucking food and we're just like (laughs) and we know so much more the second time round. but we're I'm way less strict way 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 less strict but but maybe that was it's what your so learning true. was from the first time because you know you just a, f- a freer house a more relaxed house not beating yourself up so much about sticking to a routine or mm. you know having everyone sat it's just like it's just a bit more fluid I think yeah yeah do do you think you might have one more you said we might be done with Ollie we <laughs> yeah, might you not did. might yeah I, I know I'm like oh, I I don't know I, I think like right now I couldn't I am maxed out I feel great. Yeah. But we're also like thinking that door is closed forever. It like makes me kind of sad, you know, like yeah. I, I, so like we haven't done anything to officially stop it forever. But, okay. Um, right. So right Let's now, see. definitely not. We'll yeah. see what happens. Let's see. We'll see what happens. You guys <laughs> yeah. are done then. You guys are done. Officially done. Yeah, definitely yeah. done. I've got his balls in my handbag. I just <laughs> pop them right there. And... <laughs> <laughs> there he's had a vasectomy so that's it so that's it yeah. we're done yeah we haven't done that we've done nothing official like you say to end it forever yeah. just not having any sex yeah just that just that <laughs> just the, the key ingredient yeah just, just, just it would be America no, I'm joking um, Christine we always like to ask our guests on the podcast um, for the best piece of advice that they've ever been given uh, or the piece of advice they would give a new parent one is that I feel like there's not a cookie cutter way to parenting and that your mom instinct is usually right. That if you feel like something's wrong or you feel like it goes back to all of it being at the hospital. If you feel something, trust your mom gut, like you know your baby better than anybody else. And so trust your intuitions with that. Um, but I did see this quote completely different wavelength as I saw this quote the other day and I loved it. I was actually going to post it today. Um, it says, telling my babies how much I love them is not simply a habit. It's a constant reminder to let them know they are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I just thought that was so cute. That is really that's nice. That's gorgeous. And we're hoping, we always ask our guests about their favorite products. And obviously, you yes. are in a completely different part of the world to us. So we're hoping you might have yeah. some new ones that we haven't heard of before. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So the do, do you guys have the Duna? The Duna is like the best yes. thing ever. Um, that was like a lifesaver. So much change that blew my mind from um, Beckham's eight and Ollie's three. From eight, like when I had Beckham to Ollie, the amount of new devices that they had was crazy. I'm like, they make it, they think of everything now. So um, the Duna was a big one. Um, there's a car seat, a travel car seat, the Pico. Oh, we um, don't have that. Where, okay, we don't have that. And they made a travel one that folds. So it's really nice when you're like going places. Um, oh, brilliant. When we go on trips. Um, it's once they're two years old though, not for like infants. Okay. Um, but that's been amazing when we travel. Um, kite, well, Kite Baby, their stuff is the softest. It's all organic um, cottons and stuff. And for baby pajamas and stuff, the quality is amazing and they have sleep sacks. It lasts so long. Kite Baby. Okay. Write that down, George. It's K-Y-T-E. Their stuff is so, so soft. There's a new stain spray. I just found this on Amazon and I had this, um, what's the brand? Miss Mouth's Messy Eater. So I had Mm -hmm. this shirt that was Beckham's. It was a little Gucci shirt and 
I won Aldi wore it and spilt mac and cheese all over it. And orange, that orange mac and cheese is like the hardest thing to get out of clothes. I couldn't get the stain out. I like washed it. I'd given up on it. I was just still going to put it in his memory box and Beckham's memory box. And then I found this stuff. So the shirt had already been washed, dried everything, put this on it, washed it twice. And it took the stain out. Oh, I wow. love that. Oh my God. I need that. A washing win. Georgia would get excited about stuff like that. Georgia loves things oh. like that. <laughs> I do, do you love, love house cleaning, like organizing, cleaning? Well, I'm like so excited about all that stuff. I like <laughs> buying the products. I don't like That's doing it. That's actually. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer someone else to do the things for me, like my husband. But you like, you like, of, you like house stuff laundry, like the head of laundry. But I, would, I will definitely buy the product. Yeah. Okay, this Ollie drew pen all over our couch, wrote, decided to write his name on our couch, and yeah. that took it out too. So Wow, okay. That's well, I think a lot of people are that. I hope we Love can that. get it here. <laughs> I feel like a sleep trainer is my last essential, but it's not really a brand. Um, that helped us out. It's weird how all, each kid is so different, but um, we got... Is that a common thing over there? Do you guys... Sleep trainers? Yep. We have them. Yeah. Um, that was like a lifesaver because all I didn't sleep forever. So Yeah. And I think Brilliant. sometimes it feels like a huge expense and a, and a massive extravagance. But ultimately, if you've got to work and, you know, you've got to function, then sometimes you just want to function. Worth, yeah. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's worth yeah. not having a holiday and you can, and, and you know, invest in sleep instead. Yeah. Sleep is I like a holiday. I think sleep just affects, yeah. Sleep affects so much of your life. Yeah. yeah. I would love to know, like, what's a parenting, a piece of parenting advice from both of you guys? A blended family one and then a regular family advice or kids oh, advice. Oh, good question. No one's asked us that ever. I know. We've um, never been George. asked. We should be prepared, shouldn't we? Um, oh, my gosh. Mine is like don't try and control the uncontrollables. Ooh, that's a good one. I think that I just try and apply that to everything. So if Ooh, I like know, something's gone wrong in the day or in wrong in the house and one kid's screaming and – I'm like, oh no, why? But then I just take myself out of it and think, well, actually, there's nothing I can do about this. So let's not, you know, blow up. Do you, were you, before you had kids, do you, I remember thinking, like, I would see kids throwing a fit in a grocery store or something, and I'd be like, why don't they just do something? And then you have kids and you realize there's literally times that you can do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I could go apologize to every mom that I thought that about. <laughs> oh my God, me it's too. better to do nothing. I was <laughs> yes, that arsehole on the plane. Do you remember the, the, the arseholes on the plane? That was me that, that I'd hear a screaming baby and be like, could you move me please? I'm ashamed. <laughs> I used to do it. I'm like, I'm on a flight. I don't want, and now I like see a mom, you know, trying to, or a dad trying to settle their baby and I just want to go over and give them a hug being like I'm with you solidarity yeah exactly um Christine thank you so much for coming on wait it's I didn't an- get your advice oh. you can't oh, you can't bail out like that she's, she's trying to get out. away with it she's trying to- <laughs> I, we all caught that um my my best piece of step pairing advice would be do not put any conditions on your love your love your love is enough for them and and if you let love in from them and you love them back, it can be the best thing in your life. I feel really emotional about that, actually, because it's, it's Aww. you know, just whatever they're throwing at you, just love love them, I think. The, yeah, Aww. that's it. I could that's have really put that pretty. a bit more eloquently, but um, I thought I was going to get out of it, so... <laughs> Just to we got you. We got you. <laughs> um, Christine, thank you so much. Enjoy your thank day. You. You've got a whole day ahead of you, and thank it's been an guys. absolute treat for chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. 
I said it in my opening, but massive thank you to Christine because she really did go there. And actually, from you know listening back to that podcast, I don't think that she knew she was going to open up about that. No, I don't think. Well, it definitely wasn't the plan to have that conversation. We were, you know, we wanted to have a chat about blended families, and yeah. actually, it's nice when it takes that sort of turn because. Yeah. I think if you're listening to this and you're struggling, you you can you get the rawness and the realness in that mm. chat. Um, and mm. also, I loved the fact that she's opened, to, you know, talking about medication. I don't think we've ever really spoken about that no. before. No. Um, you know, we've spoken about the baby blues a lot, but we've never really sort of gone into you know somebody who might decide to take medication we're always sort of more like oh you know talk talk about it like seek a therapist but so many people have you know are taking medication every day to help them feel better and there is mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that and the help is there if you, know you what? need it I saw Kate Impey who we've had on the podcast before she's mum lifestyled on Instagram I saw her doing a really really open and honest Instagram post the other day saying this is what depression looks like and the fact that she's she's taking medication every single day and I just I was really um really proud of her that's yeah. a massive massive admission but also why should it be you know we yeah, should be able exactly. to be talking about these things and normalize them so um thank you to christine and thank you so so much um for listening to the podcast today as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow yeah and if there's anyone you've seen on instagram or anywhere really you know like christine who might not be on our radar then please do drop us a message with a suggestion we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.